ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of the 12 kyle podcast i'm 12 kyle check this out on this podcast i'm going to make an attempt to describe for you a cultural phenomenon from the 1990s uh it's kind of one of those things where you had to have been there but if you didn't go there and you know somebody that did everybody had a story that's right i'm talking about freaknik now i know you're wondering what the hell is freaknik again it's a cultural phenomenon everybody has a story here's mine we'll drop the theme music and let's get the podcast jumping let's get it Welcome back. As I mentioned in the intro, I'm talking about Freaknik, uh, my story. <laughs> uh, I guess I probably should start at the beginning. Um, Freaknik was actually started in 1983 as a picnic. Uh, it was going to be a celebration between the students at the uh, AUC, what we call the uh, Atlanta University Center Schools. Uh, those were all historically black colleges. They were uh, Morris Brown, Clark Atlanta University, Spelman College, and Morehouse College. And so it started back in 1983 where it was just going to be this celebration, uh, you know, just a picnic, if you will, and a party. Um, now, obviously, I wasn't there in 83. <laughs> I was somewhere coloring, right? So, Nonetheless, uh, I remember being in college in 1993, right? and um, I remember one of my teammates uh, at South Carolina State University, shout out to my alma mater, uh, they said, they came to me and they said, yo, you got to hit Freaknik next year. And I was like, well, what is Freaknik? It was like, man, it's this big ass party. It's like Woodstock. Uh, for black college students. <laughs> I'm like, word? A black Woodstock? Are you serious? And I was like, well, where is it? It was like, it was in Atlanta. And so South Carolina State University is only three and a half hours from Atlanta. So I was like, that's perfect. It would be perfect for me to go and have a good time. And so that was, uh, you know, they were just coming off that trip and you know, I had heard rumblings about this freaknik, but I mean, like, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything. So fast forward to the spring of 1994. Uh, and the reason why I, you know, even came up with this topic to talk about is that I, I always associate freaknik with the NFL draft. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but Freaknik would always fall on the weekend of the NFL draft. Subsequently, the NFL draft is coming up this weekend at the time of this recording. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I came to this topic. Uh, nonetheless, um, 
it's the you know spring of 94 and uh you know my friends are like yo you need to you need to get stuff together <laughs> we're gonna roll to atlanta i'm like all right cool and i had my car and um so you know the biggest thing i had to do really was tell my mom uh you know i wasn't gonna ask her because i'm in college you know you, you you know you don't have to ask your mom anything you just gotta say like yo this is where i'm going i'll be okay and um keep in mind i didn't have a cell phone so <laughs> So it was 94. I didn't have a cell phone in 94, nor a pager. Um, So I remember making the phone call, right? So I call home. I call and my mom answers the phone and we're talking. And um, I said, hey, mom, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend. And she paused and she said, okay, well, what's going on in Atlanta? And I said, I'm going to Freaknik. And she paused again and she said, what the hell is a Freaknik? <laughs> uh, I really couldn't even describe it to her. To be honest, I don't know what I said after that. I just said, oh, it's a party, you know, kids in college, you know, HBCUs, you know, just getting together, whatever, whatever. And she said, OK, well, you know, be safe. Let me know when you get let me know when you get there. Let me know when you get back. So I I don't even think I, I know, I'm pretty sure I didn't call her when I uh, got there. I'm pretty sure I did call her once I got back because I called to collect a uh, shout out to collect calls. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, um, to be honest, I didn't know how to answer her question. Uh, Freak Nick had, like I said, it been something that I heard about. Um there was a buzz on our campus about Freaknik and, you know, the fact that it was a place where you could go and kick it and hang out in Atlanta. And, you know, Atlanta's this big city and, um, you know, it's 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 buzzing at the time. And um, it was supposed to be one big, big party. And like I said, the black college Woodstock, if you will. Um, that's how it was described to me. So I was determined to go see for myself. <laughs> uh and to be honest, it had been a long semester for me. Uh, you know, we had just finished spring football practice. Uh, final exams were coming up. And to be honest, I needed some time to, uh, you know, let my hair down. You know, I was single. Um, you know, wasn't <laughs> wasn't in any relationships. Uh, so, you know, I was I was ready to mingle. I was ready to get out there and have some fun. You know, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> so. You know, so I, I packed up the bags, uh, jumped in the car, uh, and me and a couple of my teammates, we rode down. I stayed with uh, one of my teammates, um, you know, in Atlanta. And uh, this wasn't my first trip to Atlanta, but, uh, you know, I tell anybody, um, I live here in Atlanta. I've been here for, at the time of this recording, it's been 20 years, almost 21 years now. Um, I moved to Atlanta for two reasons. Uh, Freaknik. And a stripper named Seabreeze at the Playboy Palace. Shout out to the Playboy Palace. But that's another story for another day. Uh, but yeah, one of the major reasons why I moved to this city was because of Freaknik. Uh, so here's my story. So um, again, I you know my this was my first trip to Atlanta, but uh, I had you know fallen in love with the city or whatever, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go have a good time, and. Um, 
you know, looking back on it, I, you know, I knew that this was going to be something special because, again, there was just a huge buzz around the corner. And it's, it was like when we were driving to Atlanta, like everybody that we were passing by on the highway, they were going in the same direction we were going. So we were all headed, you know, east or west, if you will, to Atlanta. And um, so I was like, OK, I'm seeing these cars with, you know, girls and stuff and i'm like oh snap and you know everybody's headed there so this is definitely gonna be dope um <laughs> and what's weird is like i remember like when we first got there my teammate who we were staying at his crib he had uh he lived in this apartment complex um uh, we pull up to <laughs> to his apartment complex and somebody's rolling out a yellow tape uh Atlanta Police Department is rolling out a yellow tape. There's a body on the ground and a white sheet covering. Him. Okay. Uh apparently somebody had gotten stabbed. Or shot. Or both. I don't know. I didn't even ask questions. Nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless I was like, okay, this is not good. Um, you know, the place where we were staying. Uh, but you know, I wasn't there for that. I wasn't there for the for the for the body and chalk. I was there for <laughs> I was there for the freak nick um nonetheless uh so we get there and i'm like okay let's kick it and what i found is that like you know it was just i guess really to describe it it was one big ass party (laughs) and the cool part about it was wherever you were that's where the party was uh you didn't necessarily have to be in a club uh to you know, really appreciate what was going on. I mean, there were droves and droves and droves of people, young black college kids just like me. Um, And not everybody was from HBCUs. We met a lot of women (laughs) and dudes, uh, you know, from uh, PWIs, if you will, white schools. Um, But they were all black, you know, and they all came to kick it, right? So it was just one big, I mean, like one, literally one big ass party. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember we got, we, we got there and I think this was like the first day. So that was like that Friday and no, that was Saturday. No, no, it was Friday. I'm sorry. Friday. And so I parked my car near what used to be uh Turner field. Oh, What's now what I guess what used to be Fulton County Stadium, which is now what used to be Turner Field, which is now where Georgia State plays. But that's another story for another day. Um, And we were going to walk from there to Piedmont Park uh, for a free concert. Right. And Snoop was supposed to be performing uh, and some other people. I can't even remember some of the acts. I know that this group that had a huge buzz at the time. Uh, some local cats, uh, they were supposed to be opening up. The name of the group, Outcast. So Outcast is had is opening up this this concert. And what's funny is that I remember Outcast was supposed to be opening up for the concert, and their album, their debut album, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music, dropped the following week. Um. And so they had already had, uh, I want to say, Players Ball was already out. Players Ball was a smash. And so people were jamming to it. So anyway, we parked the car. Me and my boys were walking. And 
I, to be honest, I don't know how far walk that is from uh, Turner Field to uh, Piedmont Park. I'm, my guess is it's about three or four miles. Uh, man, I, I my Jordans were killing me <laughs> because it, I I hadn't. Walk, I mean, like I didn't. I wasn't prepared to just walk. Because you couldn't, you know, you, they had some of the streets blocked off. So they really encouraged kids to walk. Um, so we're walking and walking and walking. And then I remember we took a detour and we turned down uh, the street called Auburn Avenue. And when we turned the corner, I kid you not, I had never seen that many black people in one place. I mean, like it like imagine a huge city street. And it's crawling with people. And I mean, like to the point where you you were almost like it was almost like trying to walk through a crowded club. It was that many people on the street. And I'll post pictures on the um, on my Instagram. Uh, it, it was just that crazy. And, you know, you got when we were walking, we saw girls, you know, hanging out of cars, you know, uh, you know, people who had drop tops, they were hanging out and girls were just, hey, you know, speaking or whatever like that. And it was really, really dope. And so I saw all these people. And I remember um, hearing that night later on the news that uh, that particular year, Freaknik drew 250,000. Now, the previous year, they said that Freaknik drew 80,000 people uh, the year that I missed. And then 94, they said that it was 250,000 people. Uh, I don't know where they got those numbers from. <laughs> it was easily about 500,000 people. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. I'd never seen that many black people in one particular place in my entire life. And it was crazy. I mean, between the music, the food, I mean, like any and everything you wanted on the street. If you wanted to eat, you wanted something to drink. Now, I didn't drink at the time, but um whatever you wanted if you wanted to buy gear you know it was and it was it was all love everybody was just having a good time you know girls were just pulling you talking to you taking pictures uh, <laughs> uh the funny thing about this particular time was technology right technology was a little bit different of course you know this is 94 so there weren't any cell phones there weren't any um you know uh instagrams that you could have done uh there was no twitters uh for you to post stuff onto so um so it was just different so anyway so we're walking down uh auburn avenue and i mean like i said it's at least five hundred thousand people in atlanta easily and it had to be at least a hundred thousand people on auburn avenue that day and it's funny because like sometimes now uh i'll go and I'll drive down Auburn Avenue and I'll just have that memory, man, of just all of those people in that one place. And it was a beautiful thing. And so we were walking down to Piedmont Park and I never forget, like, I remember just, I mean, like you would see celebrities. I saw like a couple of the cat, like Chris Webb and Jawan Howard from the Fab Five. Uh, you saw entertainers. You saw a lot of rappers and stuff. I saw Too Short out there. And I remember Snoop Dogg, Snoop was, <laughs> he was standing on the corner and like he literally pulled out a piece of paper. He was rolling up some, uh, some weed, right? And there had to be a cop from APD, Atlanta Police Department, 
no he had to be at least 10 feet away and he's watching snoop the whole time he didn't say a word i was like yo this place is crazy so we go to the concert the concert's off the chain so we leave the concert and again it's just one big ass party so we get in the car and it's just with so many people you're just stuck in traffic i mean like and traffic literally was not going anywhere again one big ass street party it didn't matter if you were on piedmont it didn't matter if you're on peachtree street didn't matter if you're on camelton road the party was wherever you were and cats had you know systems in their cars so you literally if you got some system if you got a system you got that boom (laughs) you know you literally could start i mean like i'm trying to paint this picture just imagine being in traffic and the traffic literally is not moving i don't mean like your regular rush hour in your city i'm talking about where the traffic would be gridlocked to the point where you're not moving an inch for at least an hour at least an hour and you might get up the block (laughs) depending on where you are so the party really was wherever you were because you could technically get out of your car run into the, the the convenience store get some food or get some snacks jump back in your car turn the music up and girls just come up and just start talking to you uh so like again it was just one big ass party um now there were a couple of things that stood out about freaknik one the music <laughs> oh man the music was um I'll be the first to admit, I was prior to coming to South Carolina State, I was not a fan of what we called Miami bass, booty music. Uh, <laughs> I was not a fan of, you know, Two Live. and Well, Two Live was okay. You know, I, I recognized them for what they were, but, you know, I wasn't really a fan of the down south booty shaking music. Um, but shortly after my arrival at South Carolina State, I grew to appreciate, uh, you know, a good shake song and, um, you know, sweated out more than a few perms, uh, (laughs) back in the day. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, so it was, um, so that, that music was so, so key as far as Freaknik was concerned, because for some reason. (laughs) if you had that music playing and once you started playing it girls just started gyrating or twerking if you will we didn't even call it twerking but that's what they were doing like so you could be riding down the street and then you got your music going and and the girls just start popping that thing (laughs) stop So it was, um, it was so seeing that it, it was almost, I mean, like looking back on it now, it was almost like somebody pushed a button. Like as soon as I pressed the button for the music to play, you start twerking. I mean, like girls would just start twerking. You, you didn't even have to ask them to twerk. They just started twerking. And so, <laughs> so, you know, we caught an eyeful, you know, um, we, we caught an eyeful. I, I'll be honest. Freaknik, especially that particular first year in 94, I fell in love. Man, I fell in love at least about 20 times, man. (laughs) 
I'm talking love at first sight. Like, yo, can I? And I'm not even, anybody knows me knows. Like, I'm not, I've never been, uh, you know, spit, uh, you know, dumbass pickup line. Because that's never been me. I've never said one pickup line to a woman. But it was so many girls that the girls would approach you like, you know, hey, how you doing? Where you, you know, of course, the obvious question, where you from? Where you go to school? And then you start a conversation from there. But like they would approach you and it'd be so cool because like I was, I was always a laid back in the cut cat. And, you know, the conversations would go. But the cool, but the thing about it was, was like if you were stuck in traffic or you were just kicking it and you started talking to a girl you know, you better get a phone number or something because odds are likely you were never going to see her again <laughs> because it was just so much stuff going on. So I remember we went to a party that night and um, at Club 559, a place where, <laughs> where all kind of crazy shit has always happened. Um, and we didn't even go in the party. The party literally was in the parking lot. I mean, a straight parking lot pimping. That's all we did the whole night. We parking lot pimped the whole night. So we didn't even go in the club. The party was in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? And so in a lot of ways, Freaknik kind of reflected that same aspect because it was it was really just about inhabiting your environment. You know what I'm saying? Like creating your own environment. You might be too young to get in the club. So you're going to party in the parking lot. You know, you're going to ride by. you really in high school, but you're going to ride by with your friends. And y'all going to act like y'all supposed to be out there. So that was going on uh, in Atlanta at certain clubs, even before Freaknik became a real big thing. I was back then when you put them on black So even if they go in, the party was in the park. There was so many people, man, where they can't really move. Freaknik was like that. And then outside, it's a party for people who can't get in. Whatever parking lot was around the club during Freaknik, they were packed too. People was out there. Remember now, cars are, systems are everywhere. That's big. You got guys who would rather be outside flexing with their system than actually going in a club. And they everywhere. They out there competing. So it's a car show outside while the club scene is going down inside. At the same time. And it was crazy. And I enjoyed it. So the music was a huge part of what Freaknik was about. Um, you know, again, you got exposed to now and I don't don't get me wrong, it wasn't like the music from up north was phased out, but the booty shake Miami bass music was was the the Atlanta sound, if you will, because at that particular time Atlanta, you know, again, Outcast was about to come out, but you know, Atlanta was known for their local rappers. But, you know, Jermaine Dupri hadn't, you know, settled, you know, hadn't started so, so deaf jumping just yet. Um, and, you know, the other staples from Atlanta had not really been instrumental. It was just, you know, the local guys who were really, really dope. But, you know, outside of Atlanta, people really didn't know about them. Um, so booty shake music, you know, set the the tone, if you will, because, again, it, it got girls to twerk. Um Another thing that stood out about Freaknik is that we were able to get a lot of information without technology. And what I mean by that is that, um, like, there would be flyers, <laughs> there would be, you know, postings or whatever like that. But again, there's no internet. So there's no cell phones, there's no, you know, Twitter, there's no Facebook, there's no. So, you 
we didn't even have email. So like it was strictly on word of mouth. It was on word of mouth that Freaknik was happening. It was on word of mouth of where the parties were going to be. So like you might meet some girls and you might say, okay, well, hey, what's up for the night? And then, oh, we're going to party at five, five, nine. Okay. You know what? Bet we're going to. We'll meet you there. <laughs> In fact, we'll have the drinks for you when you get there. It was just like that. So it was it was one of those things where, you know, we just we did a lot without very little, you know, room for uh, technology because we just simply didn't have any. So it was plenty of times where, you know, you might. And to be honest, looking back on it, I really didn't see a lot of people from school, even though I knew a lot of people went because Atlanta is such a huge city and freak me was just pretty much everywhere that. You know, again, the party was where I remember we were on Campbellton Road and in, in the Swats and we literally just we were at a gas station and the and the party was at the gas station. Girls were twerking and, and we were dancing in the middle of the street because you couldn't go anywhere. And we were stuck at that gas station for two hours, <laughs> two hours. And we couldn't even get back on. Uh, what was it 285? We couldn't even get on 285 because, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. And we were okay with that. And it's just like, hey, the party's right here. We don't have to worry about going to a club or whatever the case may be. Um, so we got a lot of, got a lot of information without, you know, the advent of technology. Um, and, you know, lastly, it, it was just the one thing about particularly those early days of Freaknik, at least for me, um, it was about fun, man. I mean, like we generally had a great time that first year was oh my god it was unreal uh i don't think i've ever had that much fun <laughs> on that little bit of sleep because i'm gonna tell you i i didn't sleep i think i might have slept a total of four hours that whole weekend total um because it, it you you didn't want to stop like every anytime you you felt like your body was going to crash or whatever like that you just Somebody say, okay, well, hey, we're going over here. Then you go over there. Then you might sleep. You might doze off in the car, but you know, I was driving, so no big deal to me. Um, so yeah, it, it was just about fun, and everybody was having fun. Everybody was just there to have a good time. And again, you had students from all across the country, and we all converged on Atlanta just to have a good time. And then things changed. <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, things can be too good. Um, in the subsequent years, uh, you know, after I know 93 was dope. 94 was incredible. 95 was great. 96, uh, things started to change a little bit. Uh, the reason being is, is that, you know, the city of Atlanta really didn't want all these black kids in Atlanta. Um, and I don't really, I, I don't know if it was so much about the black kids, but they, they didn't want this. I mean, like, because the, they had no looking back on it. Like they had, they really had no contingency for this because they didn't know how many kids were going to come. I think they were a little, I think I read somewhere that they were caught by surprise about, you know what happened in 93 as far as the the numbers growing from what they were to like 80,000 well they really were surprised <laughs> when it went from 
80,000 to 500,000. I mean, like, so you don't have any contingency plans for this. Um, so the city really didn't want the kids here. They didn't want us here, you know, and it was just, yeah. And to be honest, looking back on it, I can, I get it, right? The gridlock was crazy. Like I heard a story about an ambulance that was trying to transport someone from the hospital and they literally had to go two blocks, right? To get them to the hospital. And it took them three hours to go two blocks. And I'm not talking these long city blocks. I'm talking about just two blocks. Like literally, like they literally could have got <laughs> the patient out of the ambulance and rolled them there faster than that. And so, you know, it was the traffic was just crazy. I mean, like, so the city came up with this plan, like, hey, we're going to make sure that, you know, you guys don't have our, our city on lock, if you will. And, you know, I knew I'd heard stories about, you know, people who were, you know, residents of the city and they were actually, you know, leaving Atlanta, uh, you know, so that they could get out of town when Freaknik came, you know, like people who would literally leave the city when, when Freaknik was coming. So, you know, and looking back on it now, as an adult, can I, could I blame him? I couldn't blame him, but the city decided to do this. Okay. Well, what we'll do is we'll block off the, the main exits. And so we know that there's a party here. We know that there's parties here, there's parties there and everything is centralized downtown. So what we'll do is we'll block off the exits downtown. And what that'll do is just push these kids to the outskirts, to the suburbs, and keep in mind, if you're not really familiar with the city, then you're stuck. I mean, literally, you're stuck because nobody wants to be, you know, in the northern suburbs when all the action is downtown. And that's what they did in 96 and 97. And so, you know, they made sure that they, you know, now if you if you were with someone that lived here or you, you know, knew about the city, you could get around that, but you had to take some of the side streets and back streets. And, you know, to be honest, for some people, by the time they got where they were going, they were tired as hell <laughs> you know, for sitting in traffic because the traffic was even worse on the side streets. But they would rather you tie up the side streets than tie up, you know, the interstates because the interstates in, in 94 and 95 were just I mean, they were impassable. I mean, like you literally you literally could be sitting on I-85 for four hours just because, you know, we were just in the middle of the middle of the interstate just chilling, you know, just having a big ass party right then on the spot. So, um, again, it was bad. And, um, you know, I mentioned the music. Uh, one other thing that got bad was it got ratchet. Yeah, it, it got really, really ratchet. Uh, here's what I'll say. There was a situation where, you know, you got the music, you got the twerking and, you know, girls were just showing everything. I mean, like it wasn't like, you know, and I'm not talking about like it's like, 
you know, you're on Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras and you flash your, your, your breasts. No, nah, it wasn't like that. I mean, like, it's, I'm twerking. I'm, I'm on the hood of this. No, I'm out of, <laughs> I'm out the sunroof of this uh, Toyota Camry and I'm twerking. And, you know, if you get close to me and you got your video camera, I might show you that I don't have any panties on. I might let you see these lips, you know, so it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty ratchet. <laughs> um, and that was another thing about the technology. Again, we didn't have, you know, there was no Snapchat. There was no Facebook or Instagram live, anything like that. So you had video cameras and video cameras, even back then in 1995, 94, 95, 96, were relatively big so you know but a lot of stuff got filmed um and looking back on it now you know a lot of those girls who were twerking and got on these videos and stuff you know they're somebody's mama <laughs> just like i'm somebody's daddy but you know i was not there wilding um you know i'm a good good quiet guy <laughs> i'm shy uh nonetheless um it, it was it like i said it was really really ratchet and i remember um i never forget i was in the parking lot of this club i can't remember the name of the club somewhere in the swats um southwest atlanta and uh these girls were in this car and you know they were kind of twerking or whatever in the window of the car. So naturally a whole bunch of guys just surround. Cause think about it. Guys are just standing on the street, right? When you're driving by. And so, you know, if you're showing them a little something, they're going to rush the car. So guys started rushing the car. And I remember the girl tried to roll her window up and a guy st stuck his hand in the window and pulled the, um, the window back and the glass shattered everywhere. And again, now it's at least, 30 guys surrounding this car. I'm watching the whole thing. He reaches his hand in the car and he snatches her herringbone chain. And I was like, oh, shit, this ain't good. And so we started to hear more and more about crimes, about people breaking into stores. Again, this is supposed to be for black college students or for black college, you know, not necessarily students from HBCUs, but this is supposed to be for us. And, you know, there became a, you know, a local element, if you will. And I can't blame everybody from the city of Atlanta because I wasn't living in Atlanta at the time. But I know that everybody that I saw in this, I mean, like you would come out for Freaknik and you would see high school kids in 96. You would see grown ass men. <laughs> who really had kids old enough to be at Freaknik. And I'm like, bro, you old. What you doing out here like this? You know, trying to holler these young girls. I mean, like, it was just crazy. Um, You literally could see uh, someone get assaulted. I mean, like, I, I remember seeing this girl. And I, from what I could tell, like, she was on the back of a flatbed. And the guy was driving and he had a bullhorn and he was like hey you know if you if you want to see what she got you know throw some money in there and so he basically was you know quietly pimping her right and so a couple of dudes I, they're stuck in traffic 
couple of dudes threw a couple of dollars in there. She's she's on the back. She's he's got the booming system. She's twerking or whatever like that. And then next thing you know, you see just like twenty dudes rush the flatbed, and all I saw was her go down. And they were literally like trying to pull her clothes off and trying to pull her off the flick. Cause they were like, "Look, we we're gonna take this girl, and we're gonna if he got something to say, we'll beat him up like that." So you know, cooler heads prevail. Some guys stopped it or whatever like that. But like assaults really were about to go down, and um, you know, it, it was really really dangerous. Like ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, it. It, it was really out of hand. And again, you're hearing stories about crimes, assaults, rapes, um, you know, girls getting I mean, like girls were getting touched, you know, especially if you had if you were showing a little skin, you were getting touched, felt up, whatever, whatever. And, and guys were just I mean, by by that time, they were just downright disrespectful. I can't even lie <laughs> to the point where. <laughs> I remember telling my girlfriend at the time in 96, I was like, you're not going to Freak Nick. And she was like, okay. And she was like, well, why are you going? I was like, well, I'm a dude. That's different. <sighs> oh, to be so young and dumb. But, um, but yeah, it, it wasn't cool, man. It, and seeing that kind of stuff and then, again, hearing about the crimes and stuff, it just really put a bad taste in my mouth. So, like, 96 97 by the time 97 rolled around i was like you know what this is it i'm done i i'm I, this is you know because after that it wasn't fun anymore and i remember um i remember oh let me go back to 94 i remember oh man i met this really really cute girl uh she went to howard i can't even remember her name right and <laughs> it's funny because she and some of her girlfriends were staying at this house over uh down the street from georgia tech now what's interesting is that like if you're not really familiar with the city of atlanta uh georgia tech and where we were was you know all the shenanigans for freaknik was on one side of the interstate georgia tech was on the other side so like when you go on the other side of the interstate to the georgia tech side uh it was pretty pretty calm it really wasn't a lot of freaknik action going on over at georgia tech uh nonetheless i met this really really cool girl from howard and um you know she was like well you know we need to we need to stay in touch i mean we had a great conversation she was like we need to stay in touch she was like i'm really kind of feeling you and i mean like i was kicking i was kicking it on some really on some cool out shit i wasn't even really trying to kick it with her like that but um i just remember you know exchanging phone numbers i put the number in my pocket and subsequently lost it (laughs) i don't know what happened i don't even know where that girl is i don't know what happened to her um but you know it just shit like that just happened at freak me it was just like you you had to be there and so um nonetheless by the time 97 98 rolled around it was it was a wrap for me um i moved to atlanta in the summer of 97 so freak Nick 98 was the last time your boy freak Nick. And I remember uh, some friends came in town and it was like, yo, let's go to Club Esso. So we was like, we was going to go to Club Esso. So all the streets were blocked off. So I, I knew this one little street that could get me closer to Club Esso. We could park up and post up and parking lot pimp for a little while and go inside. And we get to Club Esso and they were and the and the guy at the door was like, he was like, yeah, um, it's going to be thirty dollars to get in. Huh? 
thirty dollars. Man, hell, this club. <laughs> because that's the thing. Like the the freaknik parties weren't they weren't expensive. I mean, because it's college kids, so you know, at the most you might pay I don't know seven dollars to get into a party, maybe five. The, the parties were dirt cheap, you know. So looking back on it now, I mean, like it didn't cost nothing to get into parties because you know they wanted you to come in because if not. You could have a, a club at capacity and your parking lot was filled with with other people who couldn't get in, but they were partying in the parking lot. So, you know, they knew at least if you got inside that you would be spending money on alcohol or whatever the case may be. Um, but, yeah, like I said, 97, 98, 98 was my last year. Uh, I didn't even go inside Club SO uh, that particular night because I was like, I'm not paying thirty dollars to get an SO when next week is going to be five. Cause I lived here and that's was a spot where me and, me and my boy Jay fresh would party all the time. So I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. So again, you know, I think the city went above and beyond the, the mayor at the time, Bill Campbell, you know, he let it be known that no, they, they didn't want freak Nick here. They, they absolutely city government wanted to do everything that they could not to, to, to let it happen. Of course, they couldn't tell kids not to come, but they were going to do everything in their power to make it as uncomfortable as possible. Uh, case in point, like, you know, in the early years of Freaknik, you could walk around and you could just be standing on the corner talking to somebody. Mm-mm, that stopped. Like, if you were talking to somebody and the cops saw you, they would tell you to keep moving. I mean, just stand. Just imagine standing in the corner. And the cop was like, "Hey, hey, you can talk, you can talk to that girl, but y'all got to keep walking, keep walking." Like, like you could not stand on any corner in any section of the city. So, it again, they made it to the point where it just wasn't fun anymore. And um, you know, they they wanted to do everything they could to stop it, and for the most part, they did. You know, it, it just it it wasn't fun anymore. And you know it. I don't know if I necessarily had outgrown Freaknik, but it, it it definitely didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like 94, 95, right? So I'll leave you with this last story. Um, one of my funnier moments uh, from 94, I remember it was late, man. And it was, man, it had to been like, I don't know, about 3 a.m. And so we were supposed to be headed home, but the girls we were talking to, they were like, they wanted to go you know, get something from Krispy Kreme donut spot. So I was like, all right, cool. So we jumped in my car, drive over Krispy Kreme. And um, so we get in there and there's these real pretty girls. And we had some good looking girls with us, but it was some even doper girls (laughs) at the Krispy Kreme. So we're standing in line and I heard one girl says she went to ODU, Old Dominion University. And, um, so this guy walks in he's like trashed right and the girl had she had on a um she had on a dkny sweatshirt right and of course you know it stands for donna karen new york right so the guy the guy walks over he says oh i see that you're wearing a dkny shirt do you know those letters represent my four favorite colleges? And so the girl at this point, she's looking puzzled because she's like, I don't know what this dude is talking about. And really, this is probably the point where he should have walked away. But, you know, he figured he was going to impress her. So he continued on. He said D for Duke. <laughs> 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 
K for Kentucky. N for Nebraska. Y for Wyoming. <laughs> Man, everybody in the Krispy Kreme was on the floor rolling. Oh my God, I never, I wished, I, that's one of those moments where I wish that I had a video camera because it was priceless. And like, she was just so offended that he had even approached her. Like she couldn't even laugh, but everybody else was laughing. And he was wondering like, why are y'all laughing? Like I said, why for Wyoming? Duh, it doesn't start with a Y. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's the cultural phenomenon that was. Freaknik, that's my story. I, I I know you could. Most of you listening probably weren't there. Some of you listening probably weren't even born. But if you know somebody that you know went to Freaknik, ask them about it. I promise you, they've got a good story. Thanks for checking out the latest edition of the Twelve Kyle Podcast. I'm your boy Twelve Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five G's. Freaknik really put Atlanta on the map, you know? I mean, uh, for whatever people might have ended up thinking about it long term, you know, in terms of the direction it might have gone and, and that kind of thing, Freaknik really put Atlanta on the map for that generation and in terms of, you know, urban culture, black culture, um, you know, when people think of Atlanta now, it's kind of a black mecca. That, that, that came out of Freaknik. You know, people would come to Freaknik, they might have been in, in school in D.C. or Maryland or Virginia, and they came to one or two Freakniks and they were ready to move to Atlanta. And a lot of people did move to Atlanta from coming to Freaknik.